0: Welcome to Beyond the Skyline Black Excellence in Dallas Fort Worth Commerce, where we delve into the vibrant tapestry of black owned businesses shaping the economic landscape of our community. I am your host, Leslie D. Thompson, and together we embark on a journey to discover the stories, triumphs, and innovations. Driving Entrepreneurship in the Heart of North Texas. Join us as we celebrate the resilience, creativity, and success of these trailblazing entrepreneurs and explore the rich cultural heritage that fuels their endeavors. A podcast where every episode is an ode to black excellence. Visit us online at DallasFortWorthBlackOwned.com and follow us on social media at DallasFortWorthBlackOwned. Now sit back, settle in, and savor the scenery beyond the skyline. Do you struggle to keep up with the demands of managing your social media presence? Do you wish you could spend more time focusing on your business or passion rather than worrying about posting schedules and engagement well the essential services has your solution to stress free social media management you can finally reclaim your time and energy while confidently growing your online presence specializing in crafting engaging content strategizing effective campaigns, and building meaningful connections with your audience across major platforms. Whether you're a small business owner, an influencer, or an organization looking to expand your digital footprint, the Essential Services has the tools and expertise to help you thrive in the online world. Say goodbye to overwhelm of managing multiple social media accounts. Say hello to the Essential Services your trusted partner in social media success. Contact us today at theessentialservices.com to learn more about our customizable packages and start your journey towards effortless social media management. Now, I hope you enjoy today's show. Greetings, everyone. I'm delighted to introduce our esteemed guest on the show today, Christy Kay. Christy is the owner of Mansfield Funeral Home with locations in Mansfield and Frisco. Christy, welcome. Thank you so much for having me. It's an honor to be here. Wonderful. Thanks for accepting my invitation. Christy, we want to go ahead and get started just learning a little about you learning about how long you've been in the Dallas-Fort Worth area and maybe some things that you enjoy about the Metroplex and favorite things you like to do here in Dallas-Fort Worth.
1: Yeah, so I am a native of Oak Cliff. Yes. And for those who are not really familiar with that is, it's a central part of Dallas. And born and raised and went to Dallas Public Schools. And I've been in the area. I, I left and went to school in Virginia and Tennessee and then came back. And I just love my community. I've been here my whole life.
0: Awesome. What, so what high school did you go to in Oak Cliff? My home
1: school was Kimball. Okay. However, I attended the talented and gifted Magnet High School that was housed in Pinkston. Uh-huh. And my class was the first class to be moved to Townview. So we were the first graduating class of Townview in
0: 1996. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I remember those days. I remember I was already out of high school at that point, but I remember the opening of Townview and had some cousins that went there. And I don't blame you for leaving Kimball. See, I'm a Carter Cowboy. And (laughs) Kimball, so good on you for getting. No, I'm just playing. (laughs) Just kidding. I have good friends that went to Kimball. That's that was is still big rivalry in Oakland.
1: (laughs) Absolutely, my entire family attended Carter, so it's all good. (laughs) You got
0: some cowboy in your family. (laughs) I love it. Absolutely. Yes, that is wonderful, and it's great to to interview people who are from. Dallas, first of all, but then also from Oak Cliff and seeing the great things that have come out of Oak Cliff and are still coming out of Oak Cliff and just really people who are able to create businesses, start businesses, serve their communities and things like that. So I did not know that about you, that you were from Oak Cliff. So very good company. (laughs) Yeah. So what are some of your favorite things to, uh, about this area or maybe some things that you like to do here in the Metroplex?
1: So I've always loved the parks mm-hmm. and like our different lakes that we have and just the ability to have so much open space yeah. to our kids to run and play. And they're trying to make this a concrete jungle, but we're not there yet. Mm-hmm. I also love the food and the diversity and the different types of activities that we have for adults. Mm-hmm. I love the cultures that are becoming one in the community. It's just a really good place to raise kids. It's a good place to have a family. Yeah. It's a great place to be a single person, mm-hmm. a empty nester. Mm-hmm. It's a great, it's a great city, great metropolitan. Yeah,
0: I agree. I was listening to an interview with Kev on Stage and his wife, and they were in the Dallas area, and just while wow, they were wowed about all the land that the open land that you see. They live in that Los Angeles area, but just coming here and just seeing how much land you're able to get uh, when you purchase a house. Everyone who purchases a house may not get that much land, depending on where you purchase and what your budget is, but. Just like you said, the land, the open space, the, the parks that are even still being built and created even in the downtown area is makes the Metroplex just a really interesting place to raise kids and to enjoy yourself. Just to be able to get out and do things on the weekend, in the summertime, you have a lot of great outdoor experiences that we can take advantage of. So that's a really good point. And then what about the Mansfield area itself? What brought you to Mansfield? I stumbled upon Mansfield.
1: I'd heard of the city, of course, as a child and a young adult. However, when I was allowed to find land to build my funeral home with my pre-qualification with the bank, Mm -hmm. I went on LoopNet, which is a commercial uh, website to find land, and I found land in Mansfield and started doing research and realized at the time I was living in Cedar Hill I really had no idea that Mansfield was literally right across the water across (laughs) Joe Pool Lake and just started doing research and this building that I acquired this business I acquired it was on is for sale but the owner did not want it to be private a public sale okay it was a private sale and so it's a Pretty interesting story on how I, we stumbled upon this building, but that's the short end of it.
0: Okay, okay. Yeah, you're right. When we were growing up in the 80s and 90s, you, know, you really didn't hear about Mansfield. I'm, I'm a little bit older than you, so it, but it reminds me of when I was in elementary school and I had friends who were moving to Cedar Hill. And into DeSoto, those were cities that, that just didn't come up. Everybody I knew lived in some area within Dallas, whether it was North Dallas or the Pleasant Grove area or oak cliff but hearing about these new cities popping up was really cool to see but mansfield was not one of them like you said until later in life when i became an adult and then hearing about the school system and things like that i know that's a whole another thing that we could talk about but overall my experience because i don't live in the city of mansfield we live in grand prairie But Mm -hmm. overall, my experience in the Mansfield area has been great, and I love seeing all the growth and the new businesses and stores that we have now that are coming and the development. And like you said, we're not a concrete jungle, and uh, but it's starting to look that way with every little piece of, of land that you see. They're building something else, and I know that there are pros and cons of that because it's helping the economy. It's bringing stores to us that we just traditionally have not had close to us, like the H-E-B and other restaurants and things like that. Definitely pros and cons of that. But overall, I really do enjoy what we have here in the Mansfield community. So great spot for you to start your business. Before we get into some more specifics about how you started as a business owner and and what made you even decide to embark upon that endeavor, I have some fun questions for you. So just a little this or that Don't think too much about it. These are questions about the Dallas-Fort Worth Metroplex or things that are relevant to our area. Okay, so just the first thing that comes to mind. State Fair or Six Flags? State Fair. Okay. Barbecue or Tex-Mex? Barbecue. Okay. Deep Ellum or Bishop Arts? Oh, best of arts. Okay. <laughs> Stockyards or Fort Worth Arts District? Stockyards. Okay. Mavericks or Cowboys? Mavericks. Kirk Franklin or Tamela Mann? Tamala. Okay. <laughs> That's yeah, tough, they're, right? both,
1: they're both. Yeah.
0: <laughs> it's tough. It's funny you pick stockyards. I've been in Dallas. I grew up in Dallas, Oak Cliff, and I've been here all my life, except for a year or so living in, in other areas. But I had never been to the stockyards until uh, this past Christmas season. My first time going, yeah, yeah. And as I was telling, I would tell my kids about different events that were going on or show them pictures and things like that. And I was telling my husband, you know what, we've actually never taken them there. (laughs) But it was really nice to go. We didn't go to the rodeo or anything, but we went, like I said, during Christmas season. And I didn't realize how beautifully they decorate that area and the different Mm -hmm. shopping experiences and eating and things like that. So I'll have to get out there more often to experience the stockyards.
1: Absolutely. Fort Worth
0: Mm -hmm. is is an amazing city.
1: It is. Fort Worth is an amazing city.
0: Yeah, it it really is. I think sometimes it doesn't get as much recognition that it deserves because we talk so much about Dallas. But as people are, are moving to the area, I think it's important to make sure that they know That although Dallas has lots of great things, Fort Worth has a lot of the the cultural experiences and the arts and things that are just a little bit different, a different flavor than what you find in in Dallas. Absolutely. Okay, back to your business. So you gave us a little bit of the history about you looking at the city and, and finding about the land that was available in Mansfield. But if you could back up a little bit and let us know what inspired you to start your own business and specifically a funeral home.
1: When I was younger, my great grandmother was very influential in my life. I had really young parents that married young, had my brother and I young. And so my father's grandmother took care of us. Mm-hmm. She shared in the responsibility with my other grandparents that were taking care of us. Okay, She was really big in the church. She loved to dress up and loved to just be really pretty. And, yeah. and I remember going into her closet, seeing all the clothes and everything. And then one day, um, she came home and told us that she was diagnosed with colon cancer.
0: Mm.
1: And so as a seven-year-old, I was able to see the people that I loved, my parents, my grandparents, my aunts and uncles, I was able to witness them go through what I now know to be considered anticipatory grief. Wow. Which is simply, it's simply where you know that change is happening. You know that things will never be the same. Mm. And you're experiencing that knowing as you're still trying your best to live a normal life. Wow. And as a seven year old, I would see my family going from happy and joy, full of joy and optimistic. And they would get a different diag, a different aspect of her diagnosis. And now they're sad and they're crying. Mm -hmm. And I saw this for two years Mm -hmm. and this, Up and down didn't bother me. I just observed it. I did not internalize it, but it always kept me very interested on how these people that I love's thought processes could change so much Hmm. at seven. Wow. And yeah, and she passed in March of 1988. Mm -hmm. And we were actually there when the paramedics were attempting to revive her. So I'm standing there as now a nine-year-old watching them work on my great-grandmother, this woman I love so much. Her daughter, my grandmother, is beside herself. Everyone's trying to console each other. They tell us that she has passed. So now with, oh, my gosh, she's finally, she's actually gone. They wheel her out of the house on the cot. Mm-hmm. The next day we go to the funeral home, and I instead of making a left, I end up making a right. And I end up in the prep room. Okay. And I stand there and I watch them embalm her. The the guy didn't know I was in the room. And so I watched them embalm my great-grandmother. So my first time seeing blood and Mm -hmm. seeing this lifeless body, you know, Mm. she had lost a lot of weight. So she was emaciated, which means her more like skin and bone. And I wasn't afraid. I didn't Mm. feel any adverse thoughts about it. I okay. felt very peace, peaceful.
0: Hmm.
1: And hmm. a couple of days later, we go to the funeral. She's in the casket. She's absolutely beautiful. She's glowing. Her hair is perfect. She's in the dress that I'm used to seeing her wear that was mm-hmm. hanging up in her closet. And, you know, her hands are folded perfectly. And the weight that she lost was now placed back on her. Mm -hmm. And she looked younger than what I remember her to be, you know, as a, as a kid. Okay. Yeah. And I started to look around. I would see how her daughter, my grandmother was now more peaceful. She's calm. She's intently listening to the minister. Then they start to cry when a song is being played and they feel happy when people are talking about my great grandmother. And so I'm seeing all of these different aspects of grief occurring And then we go to the cemetery, and now her casket's being lowered into the ground. And then I finally realized, this Mm -hmm. is my last time seeing this body. And so as they're lowering the casket to the ground, I emotionally asked my father, what is that person called that took care of Lolo? Yeah. And he said, they're called a mortician. And I felt... Just something just come inside of my body, mm-hmm. which I now, as an adult, know to be the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. And I told my dad, I'm going to do that for the rest of my life.
0: Mm.
1: At nine.
0: yep, Yeah. My goodness. At nine years old. At nine years old. And so at that point, it's just evident that it's a gift. It's a calling that what you mentioned you were standing there watching this embalming process. You said you were calm. You were not afraid. You mm-hmm. you were able to peacefully watch this process and almost in a way that you were honoring that process and able to stand there and witness it and see that whole thread of the rest of that process and then see mm-hmm. what they were able to do to bring back some of what she looked like and then be able to present to the family. You mentioned her being a woman of faith and dressing up. That remind me so much of my mom and my grandmothers and my aunt in church with their hats and the suits (laughs) and all those things. But you witness that whole process of what it takes to be able to present that person, your great-grandmother, in a way that right. her family members and loved ones are able to see her in a similar way that they remember her. And at nine years old, receive that calling from the Lord, you know, that this is something that you feel you're destined to do, that you want to pursue eventually and to become a mortician. That is amazing, Christy. I, I never knew that about your story. Mm-hmm. I also want to comment on what you said about the anticipatory grief. And yesterday, so today, the day that we're recording this, is February 15th, and two days Mm. ago, so not yesterday, two days ago, marked five years since my mom passed. And she and my grandmother and my aunt all had some form of Alzheimer's or dementia. And I remember when I was a little girl and my grandmother was diagnosed with Alzheimer's and my mom, I would hear her talking to her sister and just other people, church members and things like that later on in my grandmother's life about how that was the beginning of just knowing she was declining, Uh knowing that, she's not going to be back to where she was before that. And so we experienced something very similar with my mom. And it wasn't as long as that process was with my grandmother. For my mom, she had dementia, I would say, the last probably three years of her life. But I never knew that was a term for what that is of family experiences, that anticipatory grief. And if you don't mind just sharing a little bit about how, and then we can go back to what played out into you actually starting your business, but how does that come into play in the role that you have as being a, a funeral home owner and just working with families and different things like that? How has that knowledge of the fact that there is this thing called anticipatory grief, how? Has that come into play in your, I would even say your ministry, because it's a job, it's a business, but it's also ministry. How has that come into play?
1: Yes, it definitely is a ministry. And we even say that when we are interacting with our families, we don't consider this to be a job or a career. It's a ministry. And that Mm -hmm. really is what separates my brand and my service offerings from others and not Mm -hmm. taken away from others, Mm -hmm. but when people ask me what distinguishes me and my brand and my vision from others is because of the implantation that God put forth in my life. So early I've been, Mm -hmm. I've always been very sensitive to people's energies and that's why Mm -hmm. I believe as a young, as a seven year old, I was able to, process a different way with people around me going through things that they had never gone through before that was the first major death in our family mm-hmm. and so mm-hmm. my family as a as adults they didn't know how to process it so there were a lot of learning and first steps just with the adults. yeah and so, sure. so to be able to process process that at a young age I then, knowing that I wanted to be a mortician, I started to pay more attention to how people in- interacted positively and negatively when it came to any type of loss of a job, loss of a pet, loss of finances. It's not just about yeah. grief. Mm-hmm. Anticipatory grief is, can span any aspect of our lives.
0: Yeah, mm-hmm. And so
1: to bring it back to how it has helped me to serve families, As soon as, the first thing I don't believe in is answering services. So I, my staff and I, we've literally answered every single phone call since we opened almost eight years ago. And the reason for Mm. that is because when people are grieving, especially when they've gone down a long road of dealing with a loved one with dementia, Alzheimer's, or, or what have you, anything can trigger their thoughts to shift my goodness, in a yes. way that will yeah. cause them not to process properly.
0: Yeah. It can yeah. be, yeah.
1: you can make a phone call. Who wants to make a phone call to say, my mother has passed and you get a, a robot mm. or somebody mm-hmm. putting you on hold so they can go find a director. You understand? Mm-hmm. And so it's mm-hmm. about tone. It's about, before we answer the phone, we say a prayer for whoever's on the other we're praying for families before we even pick up the phone. We're praying, for, we're, we're praying for families. Like, they'll call and say, hey, I need to, my loved one just passed. I need help. Before we go down the road, we ask, can we pray with you? Yeah. When they sit at our table, we're praying for them. Because what families, what, what's important for people to understand is when you are going down the road of planning a celebration for your loved one, this is the most vulnerable time emotionally, mm-hmm. physically, and financially that you will probably ever be in outside of your wedding day or planning for a wedding.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree.
1: And this is the opportunity for people who don't have your best interest at heart. This is the opportunity for them to take advantage Yeah, of the people. Yeah, And so mm-hmm. me being in tune with how God prefers that I serve his people is what helps me to know how to ebb and flow with the interactions. And that's what makes us, you know, the brand that we are.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And how you mentioned about how your gift, it spans across the different types of of ways that you see that your gift plays out. So whether it's someone giving you a call or you're talking through the process with someone that you, even though on a personal level, it makes me think about. I know my pastor. Growing up, I grew up at Antioch Fellowship Missionary Baptist Church in Dallas, <laughs> and our pastor. Yes, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> my my late pastor, Carrie Wesley. He passed the year after my mom passed, and. He was able to eulogize her, which was such a blessing. I was just listening to clips from her service. But one of the things that he talked about a lot was spiritual gifts. And I learned really early that one of the gifts that I had was exhortation and how that you are able to see those gifts that you have across all types of of spectrums and understanding how someone could be singing and leading worship or leading a song you can tell the difference between someone who can has a talent of singing <laughs> or if they are can sing but they also have the gift of exhortation and they're able to exhort those people who are listening so with you and the gift that you have it's it's such a blessing i know that probably even people that may not have ever experienced a death, or have never had to make that phone call to a funeral home, because you have that gift, you are able to be sensitive to things that they experience and things that they go through or what they share with you about what's going on in their families and and with their loved ones. And so that's really beautiful to hear you say that because I can hear in your story and how you're sharing that it is more than just a business. It is more than just a career. Like you said, this is something that you are passionate about and definitely are gifted in. Absolutely. Yeah. So let's go back to where you were talking about at nine years old, you asked at after that service or, or while you were there at the, the burial site, I think you said, you asked who was that person? What do you call that person who was taking care of your great-grandmother, and they said it's a mortician. So take us from that season of your life up to the point where you decided you wanted to pursue this as a business and be able to provide this type of care and service to your community.
1: Sure. So I'm first-generation mortician in my family. No one Mm -hmm. wants to be in the business, not even my 18-year-old daughter. If you ask anyone that I grew up with or their parents, from nine until now, that's all i talked about. I want to be a mortician, want to be a mortician, want to be a mortician. Mm-hmm. So my parents recognized very early that I'm very good in math and science. So yes. my uh, sophomore year in high school, I told my parents, I'm not going to go to a tr- traditional college. I'm going to go to mortuary school in Pleasant Grove, and I'm mm-hmm. going to get my embalming and field director's license, and I'm going to be a mortician for the rest of my life. Mm-hmm. And back, mind you, this is back in 96. Now, this is back in yeah. 94. And my dad's really not. He was like, You can be a mortician. <laughs> you can get your associate's degree, but you're going to go and get your bachelor's first. Because yeah. he's like, In 25, 30 years, that associate's is not going to serve you well. You mm-hmm. need a stronger foundation. And so yeah. I was raised to obey my parents, especially with them being as wise as they are. And so I decided yes. to go ahead and go to college. Praise
0: God for honor your father and mother.
1: Praise God for that. (laughs) So I went to Hampton University, and I I love math and science. But interestingly enough, I'm a mortician, but I am terrified of blood and needles. If you're Hmm. living,
0: okay. Now if you've passed, okay, not a
1: problem. But I associate so interesting.
0: Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Okay. I get it.
1: Yeah. So I suffer. I associate suffering when I see blood or if I see needles and it makes me very sick. Like my 18 year old growing up, she had her own first aid kit. I would instruct her on how to take care of herself, but I'm like, listen, I cannot look at your knee being scraped up. I can't do it. So.
0: Yes. Yeah. No, I'm, I am the same way. I have to tell you a quick story about that. I'm all my kids. No, I have five. They know how I am. And my husband, he helps a lot with a lot of those little boo-boos and different things like that. One day, it's probably four years ago, my youngest, we're sitting on the couch and watching a movie. They won't even finish watching this movie to this day because they were traumatized by this experience. So we're sitting there watching a movie. My oldest child is an artist, and she does sculpting and things like that. We're sitting there watching the movie. My baby girl gets up. She wants to just jump around. We have a a little rug that's like a shag-type rug. Uh Why does she step on this sculpting? It's like a scalpel-type thing. Girl, Mm. she steps on this thing. It literally goes through her foot. And it's sticking out the other Honey, end
1: of I am, I'm sweating right now just <laughs> thinking about it. Oh, no.
0: My husband was not here. So. <laughs> and I'm sitting there. Oh, I'm the adult here. Oh, <laughs> I want somebody else to come and help this baby. Mm, I couldn't imagine. But there is nobody else. <laughs> so I have to step in to try to console and, and figure out, like, what I really, literally could not think but thank the Lord he he stepped in and helped give me some strength to be able to to give her a hug, have her sit down. There was no blood though. Oh thank right. God God knew. God knew that if there was blood, I would have passed out and somebody <laughs> else just would have had to step in. <laughs> but yeah, long story short, she went to children's and they were able to take it out. No broken bones, Ooh. no damaged joints or anything. They were able to to take it out. The x-ray just shows this whole scalpel just straight through her foot, right between the bones and the joints. Bless so, her. Yeah. Heart. No, I just wanted to let you know. <laughs> yeah. It was a whole ordeal. A whole ordeal. But I share that same fear and of needles and blood and, and all the things.
1: Yeah. So <laughs> so loving math and science, I said, I absolutely not going down the medical route.
0: Mm-hmm. I will pass out on my mm-hmm. first day at
1: the hospital. It's not gonna happen. <laughs> So my, my advisor was like, why don't you go the research route? I'm like, oh, yeah, cool. I love, I love problem solving. Went yeah. the research route, did really well with that, and ended up getting a position with the FBI, working as a DNA scientist mm. while I worked, while I finished school at Hampton. And then I could have come back home to get my mortuary science degree, but I was offered a full ride to Tennessee State and Meharry Medical College to get my master's and then Ph.D., Okay. I'm like, you know what? Let
0: me go get this free
1: education. Yes, please. So moved from Hampton, Virginia to Nashville, Tennessee. Started the master's program with the expectation to go to the bridge program to get the PhD. But by the time I was 24 in 2022, I'm like, you know what? No, not 22, 2002. I'm like, you know what? I've had enough of education of doing things that I don't want to do. I got Mm -hmm. the master's and I came back home. Got my mortuary uh, degree in embalming and funeral directing. I worked for corporate America doing a couple of jobs that had nothing to do with mortuary science, just to make some Mm -hmm. money. And then worked for funeral homes. And I started to notice working with funeral homes, I was doing very well. I've always done well with helping families to see the value in their purchases. I've Mm -hmm. always had that gift. However, the environment that I was working in, I didn't feel comfortable.
0: Okay. And I was like,
1: this is not the way God intended for employees to be treated. And this is definitely not the way families are supposed to be served. Yeah. So Mm -hmm. I ended up leaving my position with the corporation as a funeral director. And I worked for Home Health and Hospice to save up money for the down payment for my loan for the business.
0: Okay. Okay. Yeah. So all those things were stepping stones to yes. help build the, the type of service offering you wanted to be able to offer. And you were able to observe what is not good customer service <laughs> and be able to put together what your plan would be for how you would want to serve families, customers in your in your business, correct? I love that. I love that. So, tell me a little bit more about Mansfield Funeral Home and what sets you apart. I know you shared a little bit of, of that before, but what families could expect? No one wants to have to need your services, mm-hmm. uh, but I uh, just with all the business owners that I interview, I think it's important for people to understand what is available because you never know when you're going to need whatever that product or that service is. So can you spend a few minutes just telling us more about Mansfield Funeral Home, what you all offer in the way of service and kind of what your approach is so that in that unfortunate circumstance, which is inevitable, Uh, that we find ourselves needing to reach out to a funeral home, what can we expect?
1: So Mansfield Funeral Home is a 100% woman-owned firm. Mm
0: -hmm. We
1: are the first woman-owned and first African-American firm in the city of Mansfield. We're the Mm -hmm. first on-site crematory. We're the only crematory in the city of Mansfield. And we're the first Mm -hmm. woman-owned crematory in the county of Tarrant County. It's a lot of first and it's a lot of responsibility. Yeah. However, everyone that works here, we all were born to do this. Like that, mm-hmm. I wouldn't call it a prerequisite for people to be on the payroll, to be a part of the, the staff, to be born to do this, but that's very important. Mm-hmm. Because only people who are born to do this can go the extra mile with families that have exaggerated grief. Or yeah. families that need to be need their hands held through the process.
0: What, what is exaggerated grief?
1: Exaggerated grief is when you're grieving and everything in your life is on what we say hundred on ten. Yeah, you're hungry, but you about to you just literally about to die because you're hungry. When in any other circumstance, like oh, okay, I'm hungry, versus oh my yeah. god, I'm about to die right now. Everything mm-hmm. is on ten. Your kids yeah, are like all you know, consuming. All, everything's all consuming. Your kids on your last mm. nerve, your, your spouse, nothing can ever be right. You're very judgmental. You're very picky. And then as soon as the service is over, you go back to your normal self. You're like, it's like you're in a fog.
0: And yeah. then once the mm.
1: service is over, then you drop out of the fog and you, then you go into the grieving stages to get through the loss of your loved one. Okay, And it really takes a special mindset to be able to do that. We're all about a specific mindset at Mansfield Funeral Home, and the mindset is service, excellence, and all that we do. From okay. the way the building is looks, the way it smells, I, we have our own special scent for the funeral home. We are very particular about the type of flowers that we plant. We're very particular about the perfume and colognes that we wear the clothing that we wear, how we greet our families. We are very intentional about everything that we do. And we are not perfect. When we do make mistakes, we have no problem with doing whatever we can to mitigate those mistakes. And we literally take families by the hand and we walk them down the path of grief. We don't expect Mm -hmm. people to know what to do. We don't leave people to their own devices. We don't, tell them, okay, figure it out. We literally do everything. We've been in people's closets picking out clothing. We've been in beauty supply houses picking out wigs and dyes and jewelry. We've we've had our seamstress make dresses for the families so they couldn't find anything in the store. Like, we do everything Mm. that the families need so that when they're sitting there looking at their loved one for the last time, they know that they've done all that they can do to create a lifelong picture for the legacy that they lived
0: that is so beautiful yeah. so beautiful you mentioned that you you take special care you've taken special care with the scents that you wear the flowers that you plant where does that come from where did you how do you how did you know or how did you come up with that thought that would even be an aspect that would be important the scent
1: piece of it comes from i would say my mom so my mom mm-hmm. is very sensitive to scents from lotions mm-hmm. to flowers to per- colognes perfumes and she can literally my mom's a, is a therapist as well but she okay. can literally yeah. have a clear mind about something and if somebody comes past her or flowers her sinuses will immediately clog up. She immediately gets a headache and the clear thought process that she had over just whatever kind of goes out the window until she can get her body to correct itself from having that type of scent that she's allergic to. Hmm. She's very allergic. Mm -hmm. And so I Mm -hmm. remember seeing that and I'm like that as well. And what people don't understand is if I have somebody sitting at my table and they lost their loved one, and we walk in, and we smell like them, we have to sit there and let them get through that. Like, their thought process goes out the window. So we literally pray about what scents to wear. We pray about what colors to wear. And I walk into a room to meet a family. Oh, my God, my mom's favorite color was yellow, and I have on a canary (laughs) yellow suit. I didn't know that. Yeah. But having that little piece of God allowing that discernment allows me to connect mm-hmm. with my families. And I tell them God told me to wear yeah. it. And that, that's exactly what it is. Mm-hmm. God told me to wear this. I have not worn this suit in two years. And I woke up this morning, God put you on this suit and it was your mom's favorite color.
0: Mm-hmm. That's
1: how the connection comes. Everything here is God centered.
0: hmm hmm And apparently just that whole story of your life, God knew before you were placed in your mother's womb what you were going to be called to do and he apparently has shown you things and given you this sensitivity and given you this wisdom to be able to discern and trust his voice and i'm sure there's just experience that experiences that you had over the course of your life that has Created just that type of heart that you have. And I'm sure in your own relationship with God, different things that you've experienced in your personal life have been instrumental in making you that type of individual. And I know that has been a blessing to your staff and to those families to be able to have someone that is so sensitive and able to have that detail. And I know that those families feel that when they are served by you. Thank you. I love that. And tell us about your, the property itself. I know when I was there for an event that was hosted by Black Mansfield Moms, it was a community event, and you also graciously offered your property to to host the event. And just going out on that back area, I don't know if you call that a, a patio or garden Tell us about that area. I've never seen anything like that at a funeral home. We have a, a funeral home that our family has used historically over the past however many years. And so those are really the only ones that I had visited. But coming there for that event and just being able to to see it's really your property is beautiful, building is beautiful. Um, but if can you tell us a little bit about that area and in the back, what that's called and and why you decided to have that as an aspect of what you all offer.
1: Absolutely. So I I would say when I received the phone call that this building and business was for sale, I came to meet with the previous owners like two days later, walked in and just busted out in in tears. And the reason why I was crying Mm. was because Five years before I walked in the door, I drew this exact building. Wow. I drew the building. Okay. I, I had written out the color schemes. Everything about this building was exactly what I envisioned five years before.
0: Mm, and so not about a God thing.
1: It's a God thing, absolutely. And so the bonus to this building is that there is a garden with a functioning fountain, a big fountain in the back, and mm-hmm. a walking trail. And so the garden, sir, it would call the prayer and meditation garden. And we've had probably 45, 50% of our services outside. Especially mm-hmm. when springtime, when the weather becomes more consistent, families have everything outside. They'll do the repast outside, the full service. We can have a casket or urn outside. We have music. We have. The preaching, the eulogy, everything is outside. Mm. And that allows for people, first of all, it was great for COVID because we didn't have to worry Mm -hmm. about the restrictions of being inside the building. And then second of all, what better way to calm the nerves of people than fresh air?
0: Sunlight, yes. Yes.
1: Looking at, looking at beautiful planted flowers and hearing the calm water of water trickling in the fountain and mm-hmm. just thinking back on all the services that we've done outside and the family's reaction to it. feel like this was the best thing that we could have ever had because psychologists will tell you just being outside in nature is a calming aspect yes. for the human body yep. anyway. Mm-hmm. So, um, and then we now have our crematory on site. So the crematory is in a, in a part of the garden as well. And so when people are actually in the crematory, because we have some people whose culture requires for them to be there during the cremation, they're not seeing the actual process, but they're praying. Mm-hmm. They can actually be walking mm-hmm. in the garden or they can be inside the building and looking out at the garden while their loved one is yeah. being naked,
0: Yeah. My goodness. Hmm. Your mom must be so proud. <laughs> I'm Because she said she's a therapist. And I'm just thinking about that whole aspect, like you said, just having that fresh air, having the light. And considering that as being something that would be important to these families that are experiencing this grief and being there for the cremation and all those things. Yeah, I know she must be, as my mom used to say, peacock proud.
1: absolutely
0: oh goodness so thank you for sharing that part I did not realize that when we were there for the event I didn't realize that was a prayer and meditation garden yes how beautiful oh Christy can you tell us about just anything you have coming up. I know you do a lot of of things in the, the community and you provide just lots of services to continue to minister to those of us in the Mansfield area and probably even those who may not live in Mansfield but have heard about what you provide and really want to have Mansfield Funeral Home be the place that serves them during uh, these times like this where they would have this need. But can you let us know about anything you all have coming up that you'd like to share with the audience?
1: So we actually have a program where when mothers have suffered from miscarriages or stillbirths that we provide uh, complimentary cremations. Mm. So we do provide mm-hmm. that for families and we've been able to serve so many mothers who are devastated by the loss of their child. Yes. So yes. we have that. We also have a special programming for veterans and their spouses. And we also have um, a heart for families that are dealing with suicide.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Th- those are the three programs that we have in-house in house and how we serve the community We also launched a senseless violence initiative probably about five years ago. There was a lot of senseless violence occurring in Tarrant County. So we had that initiative as well. Now, as far as like upcoming events, I host an event that I am a founder of called the Amethyst Gala. And so this will be our second year, no, third year. Have the Amethyst Gala, and it's an opportunity for me to recognize people in the community that are usually overlooked because mm-hmm. they just choose to work, and they're not looking for the recognition, and it's an opportunity yeah. mm-hmm. for them to get the accolades that others that are always in the spotlight tend to get. And a Mm -hmm. great event, the next one is August 30th of this year. And we have a celebrity artist. The first year we had Carl Thomas, last year we had Joe. And so this year is a surprise on who our celebrity (laughs) artist is gonna be. But it's an opportunity for us to get dressed up and come together and just celebrate, not just those that are being honored, but it's a huge networking event. And it allows people to just let their hair down and just to enjoy the fruits of their labor in the community. I also yes. started a foundation called the Christy K Foundation. And it's a foundation for entrepreneurs either before they get started, those that are just getting started, or those that are seasoned, to help them go down the path in the most successful way possible so that they can then live in their God-given gifts as well. And mm-hmm. the reason why I did that was because, yes, I this is my passion, and this is what God told me to do. However, I took some shortcuts at the beginning of this entrepreneurial journey that cost me money, time, plenty yeah. of inspiration. And if I mm-hmm. had someone to direct me at that time, I could have saved all of that wasted energy. It wasn't wasted, but that energy.
0: Yeah. yeah.
1: And so the foundation is, was I set up the foundation so that I could mentor entrepreneurs and help guide them and point them in the direction and provide them with resources to make their process a lot smoother than mine.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So giving back, giving back, I think that is so important. I try to tell my kids that anything that we have learned or benefited from or succeeded in, it's always important to not just hold that for yourself, but think about how you can teach someone else or inspire someone else, even difficult things we go through, things where we've triumphed or overcome challenges. God did not allow you to go through that just for you to just spend time on praising and being grateful for what he did but he allows us to have other people come across our path or create programs like what you did to say i have succeeded or i have overcome and so i know that there are other people who can be blessed by my story my testimony my success in uh, paving the way for other people's future so thanks for sharing anything else
1: yeah, we have a full plate. We also just opened up our location in Frisco, so we have Mansfield Funeral Home and Cremations at Frisco.
0: Oh, okay, okay, and
1: that's exciting because we're the first woman-owned and first African American funeral funeral home in that city. Mm. And so we opened in Frisco because we've been serving the Frisco and McKinney and Saxe Little Elm Colony families for years. However, they were driving to Mansfield or we were driving and going to them. And so finally God placed it on our hearts this time last year that it was time for us to set root in man in Frisco. And so
0: that's Mm. our third location. Yeah. So serving families in the North and the South. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I I figured there were people who would hear about what you all are doing and just how, The way you serve and your heart for serving is set apart, and it's different from what you might find. There are other quality funeral homes out there, but you definitely have something that is unique. And I figured there would be people who are in other areas of the Metroplex who said, "I, I don't care how far it is away from where we are, but we we still want to have Mansfield Funeral Home service. So congratulations to you on being able to launch out and have your location there in the Frisco area. Thank you. Yes. Yes. Let us know how our listeners can get in touch with you. Can you share your your website and any other ways that we can find you online? Sure. Call you.
1: Absolutely. So we can, our website is Mansfield funeral homes, plural.com all spelled out Mansfield funeral homes.com. We are on Instagram and Facebook under Mansfield funeral home, and I can be contacted directly. My number is on the website. We are available 24 hours, seven days a week. We even work on holidays and Mm. it's important that families know that we provide a beacon of light through their seemingly dark path when it comes to grief. And so our availability to families is because we always want to be there for them.
0: Yeah. 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 And that is so apparent in what you have shared today. I so appreciate you just giving us the full story of how you came to be in this industry and it's not, for business, it's not for gain, for recognition, notoriety, or any of those things, but because this is a gift that God has given you and it's a calling that He began to show you when you were just seven years old through your loss, through your family's unfortunate circumstances and with the other family members. I know you talked initially about your great grandmother, but other family members that you guys had to to bury. And the things that you were able to witness and as you were witnessing that, even as a young child, God was speaking to you and he was building you up to even be, in some sense, the stronger one in some of those rooms during mm-hmm. some of those circumstances because he had called you for such a time as this to be able to to bring Light and to bring hope in this ministry to so many who will inevitably be in this spot where we have to be cared for as we are saying goodbye to our loved ones on this side of heaven. Mm -hmm. Uh, So I want to encourage you guys, our our listeners, I want to encourage you to reach out to Mansfield Funeral Home if this is something that you uh, are experiencing right now or know someone who may be in this season of their life where they're having to walk through this process. I think it's beautiful what you shared, Christy, about how you all have some specialties that you are looking at specific issues that people are going through, the senseless violence initiative, people who have experience a loved one who has committed suicide veterans and their spouses and those who have lost a child i personally have gone through that in the way of miscarriage my husband and i had three miscarriages before our baby girl was born in 2012 so she's our rainbow baby when you mention that it's definitely something that i could identify with and i think it's beautiful that you have decided that's an area that you want to specifically focus on because it can be overlooked and a lot of people don't understand what that loss is like. And thank you for including that as one of your specific initiatives.
1: Absolutely. It's my honor.
0: Yes. And thank you so much again for your time. I, um, know so much more about Mansfield funeral home and i'm just really in a in a tender place myself just thinking about what we experienced 5 years ago and all the other people who since then have walked through that season and going through it with my mom And other family members made me more sensitive when, you know, you get that text or you see that post on social media where someone has experienced the loss. And it's just a a blessing to see that this is something that you're called to. And I know that if our family or, or, or when our family is in that place, that this is a, a business this is a ministry that we would be able to call upon in 24 hours you all are available and so i just want to again say thank you for being available thank you for answering the call thank you for saying yes <laughs> to the lord to work in this ministry and it's, thanks for your conversation today
1: Absolutely it's my honor thank you for the invitation and i pray nothing but blessings over your podcast and over your family and just you as a
0: woman. Thank you. Thank you so much, Christy. You're welcome. Well, that brings today's show to a close. We do encourage you to visit our website where you will find information and links to wonderful products and services offered by guests of our show, as well as information on other Dallas-Fort Worth Black-owned businesses. You can find us at EssentialPodcastNetwork.com or at DallasFortWorthBlackOwned.com. We also invite you to support our podcast by following and rating us on your favorite podcast platform. That helps us gain additional exposure so we can share the greatness of what these Black businesses have to offer with an even wider audience. Another way you can support the podcast is by purchasing merch from our website. We have items promoting the support of Black businesses and Black History merch as well. But we hope you will stay tuned for more inspiring stories from the diverse world of Black-owned businesses in the Dallas-Fort Worth Metroplex. Until next time, make it a great one.